Recently, my wife was praying for someone or told them, hey, I'm praying for you. And their response was interesting. Their response was, thank you. First of all, they appreciated it. And then they said, you know, it really doesn't matter what religion you are, because when you pray for someone, you're just sending them energy. You're just sending them good vibes. And maybe you've heard that before. Maybe you've been on the internet and you've seen someone or someone text someone. They're like, hey, sending you thoughts or sending you energy, sending good vibes your way. The truth is that spirituality is on the rise. Actually, I believe in our nation, people are looking to connect with the spiritual world. There's something inside of us that wants to connect with something transcendent. Well, we believe that's because that's how God made us. He made us to desire Him who is the ultimate transcendent being. But what we're seeing is a lot of rise maybe in kind of new age spiritualism and these, these, this idea of thoughts and vibes. We're actually starting to see that in many places that people are believing in like a, an energy field created by all living beings that it surrounds us, it penetrates us, and it binds the galaxy together. Actually, that's what Obi-Wan Kenobi said, but <laughs> they talk about this impersonal force, if you will. But you see, as believers, we don't believe in an impersonal force that is simply energy. We believe in actually a God who is personal and relational. We believe in the Holy Spirit. Now, does the Holy Spirit energize us? Most certainly does, uh, but it's more than energy, okay? He is more than energy. It is more than vibes. And that's actually the name of our next sermon series that we're gonna be digging into for the next several weeks. And it's this, more than vibes. What if I told you that you can have more than just an impersonal relationship with some energy or force that's out there or beyond you? What if I told you, you can have a very real personal relationship with a God who loves you and cares for you. And it's so much more than just having energy and it's so much more than vibes. We're talking about the Holy Spirit for the next several weeks. And for some of you, this may seem basic. You say, well, come on, I know the Holy Spirit. I, I've been a Christian for a long time. I know all about the Holy Spirit. And that, that may be true for a lot of you, but so just bear with me. Maybe I'll, we'll talk about some things you haven't really thought about. Maybe your, uh, maybe your knowledge of the Holy Spirit isn't as much as you thought it was. And I'll tell you this, I am not an expert on the Holy Spirit. I'm not, but I can tell you, this is what I do know about the Holy Spirit is that I need more of him in my life. He needs more access to my heart. He needs more access to my life. I need more of him. And so over the next few weeks, maybe that will be the prayer of your heart. More Holy Spirit, more of you in my life. You're not an impersonal force, but you're a person with a personality and you love me. So we're just gonna jump in if that's all right. We're gonna, where do you start with the Holy Spirit? Such a huge topic. Today, I wanna start in John's gospel and we'll start there and then we'll work our way through other things over the next coming weeks. But I wanna start in John's gospel because John's gospel is very interesting 
the way John talks about the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, right? We have the Father, we have the Son in Jesus, and we have the Holy Spirit. And John, his gospel is just amazing to begin with. And you know, what's amazing about John's gospels is chapters one through 12, okay? It covers two and a half years, a time span. But then something crazy happens in chapter 13 through 21. John slows time down because not all moments are created equal, right? So he slows time down in his gospel. And chapters 13 through 21 are really only three days of Jesus's life. And even beyond that, chapters 13 through 17 is one night in Jesus's life. Think about that, man. When John wrote his gospel, he takes almost 25% of his gospel is dedicated to just one night as Jesus was having a special evening with his disciples. And in that one night, in, in those chapters 13 through 17, John or Jesus begins to talk about the person of the Holy Spirit. And four times, in this, in this gospel, four times in these five chapters, John uses a word or Jesus uses a word that is not used anywhere else in the New Testament when it's describing the Holy Spirit. Okay, and here's the word. It's parakletos. All right, that's Greek, parakletos. Can you say it with me at home? Two words, say parakletos. All right, there you go. He uses this word, Parakletos, paraclete, that is used nowhere else in the New Testament to describe the person of the Holy Spirit. And so this is actually two words put together. It's a compound word. So let's look at these two words for a second. The first word is para, para. And it's a term that means proximity or closeness. It means to come alongside. It's almost like someone who is joined at the hip. So think about that for a second. Do you have a friend, you have a best friend that you're just joined at the hip with? You know, for me, that would be my wife. My wife is para with me. She is alongside me and I'm alongside her. I live with her. I talk with her. We have fun together. We eat together. We pray together. We pastor together. We raise our kids together. We are side by side. We are close at hand. We are alongside one another. I like what Rick Renner says. He says, when two people are close in this way, they profoundly affect each other, even to the point where they begin to share the same attitudes, feelings, traits, habits, and gestures. In fact, they eventually know each other so well that they don't even have to ask what the other person is thinking. They already know. So that's the first word, do you have someone like that in your life? Someone, it's just like, y'all are on the same wavelength, man. Y'all are on the same, you just, you know each other that well. That's what this term pada means. Okay, here's the second term, the kletos, kletos. It's the word kaleo in the Greek and it means to beckon or to call. Kaleo, it carries like a sense of strategic purpose or intent, a concrete direction, a calling. Maybe you've Maybe you've said this in your life or you've heard someone talk about like, hey, what is my calling? Or I feel called to this. What does that mean when someone says it? It means that they, as an individual, they have something very specific that they are to do. It is a calling. So let's put these two words together, alongside and calling. To call alongside. 
This is what Jesus says that the Holy Spirit, four times he says that the Holy Spirit is a paracletos. He is called alongside as a helper in your life and in my life. Think about that for a second. This is truly amazing. The Holy Spirit is not an impersonal force. He's not a vibe. His calling is to come alongside you. He is called to come alongside the followers and the disciples of Christ and to live beside you in everything that you do. He is with you. This is amazing. He's not an impersonal force. He's literally a helper alongside you. And so I want us to look today at, there's four times that Jesus uses this word, paracletos, to describe the Holy Spirit in his gospel. I want us to look at these four instances, and I believe each instance sheds a little bit more light on who the Holy Spirit is. And this is what I believe we're gonna find today. We're gonna find that the Holy Spirit is our comforter. The Holy Spirit is our teacher. The Holy Spirit is our advocate. And the Holy Spirit is our guide. He's our comforter. He's our teacher. He's our advocate. And he is our guide. Number one, the Holy Spirit as our comforter. Let's read John 14, 15 through 18. It says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments and I will ask the father and he will give you another parakletos, another helper to be with you forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. So before we hop into the text about Jesus being our comforter, I want us to draw attention to the first two verses right there. What Jesus says, he says, if you love me and obey my commandments, then I will give you another parakletos, another helper. I think we have to draw attention to the fact right here that it's quite clear that in order to have access to the helper, in order to have access to the Holy Spirit, that it is not, he, the Holy Spirit does not come alongside and help you for, to achieve your agenda but the Holy Spirit comes alongside and he helps you to achieve Jesus's agenda in your life. And there's a big difference there. Did you see that? If you love Jesus and follow his commandments, then this spirit, the Holy Spirit, the person of God is gonna come alongside you and be your helper. But (laughs) he's not an energy or a vibe for your purpose. He is the spirit of truth. And we need him to achieve God's calling and his purpose on our lives and in our church. So imagine this night, you have to use your imagination here. Imagine what the followers of Jesus are going through. They have been with him now for three years. They left everything. They left their jobs. They left their homes. They left their families. They leave everything to follow this man, Jesus. They wholeheartedly believe in his mission, who he says he is. They leave everything to follow him. And now here is Jesus and he is telling them, okay, guys, I'm leaving you. I'm leaving you. I mean, the audacity of Jesus to say this, how would you be feeling if you left everything to follow Jesus? And now Jesus says, hey guys, 
I'm leaving and where I'm going, you cannot go with me. (laughs) Their whole identity was wrapped up in him in the kingdom that he promised to bring. And rightfully so, the Bible says that the disciples were filled with grief and sorrow over Jesus's words. John 16, seven, Jesus says this, nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it's to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper, the parakletos, he will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. So not only now is he saying he's leaving, he is now saying it's better for the disciples for him to leave. If I'm a disciple, I'm like, Jesus, how is this better? I've been with you. I saw you raise people from the dead. I saw you get a coin out of a fish's mouth to pay our taxes. I saw you take a couple of pieces of bread and fish and multiply and feed thousands of people. And now you're telling me that you leaving is better for us. How can that be? But you see, Jesus understands if he doesn't go, then he couldn't send the spirit. If he doesn't go, the next phase of God's plan could not come to fruition. Why? Because God's plan was not just for a select few disciples to be around Jesus and to experience God's glory. God's ultimate goal was that the glory of God would cover the earth as the waters do the sea. And that could not happen if Jesus was still sticking around here, walking on the earth in the flesh. And the disciples could not believe it. And honestly, you and I can't believe it either. (laughs) We have a hard time believing Jesus's words because how many times have you said, or how many times have you thought, man, I wish I could just see Jesus in the flesh. I wish I could just eat some fish with Jesus in Galilee, hear him preach, see him heal people. You know, I wish I could just see this. I wish I could be with Jesus in the flesh. But you see, when Jesus puts on flesh and bone, when he comes in the flesh, what you have to realize is that you probably and I probably would not have always had access to him. You know, read the, read the gospels and you will see in the gospels that Jesus is always surrounded by a crowd of people. There was always people trying to get to him. People fight through crowds to try to get to him just to touch him. And, you know, he only chose a special 12. He only chose a special group of people to be around him. <laughs> you know, if you wanted, and, and he, he had to sleep. Jesus didn't stay awake 24 hours a day. He had to sleep. He had to eat. He had all the time constraints that you and I have. You know, it's funny. If you want to eat, if you want to go to Disney World and you want to schedule to have dinner with a Disney princess. You know, you can do that. You can schedule to have a meal with Cinderella in her castle. But you know, to do that, you have to like plan that in advance, like six months in advance to meet with her. Why? Because so many people want to do that. So let me ask you a question. How would it be better if Jesus was still here on the earth in the flesh and you wanted, you had a problem, you had a situation and you wanted to meet Jesus? Imagine you trying to get to him. You don't, I don't have six months in advance to schedule Jesus an appointment with him. I need Jesus right now. I'm going through something right now and I need his help right now. You see, if Jesus was still walking the earth and you wanted to see him, you would have to hop on a plane, head over to Israel and just try to see if you could be one in the crowd that reaches through and touches him. 
And Jesus realizes this and he says, you know what? It's better. It's better for me to go because if I go, I can send you another just like me. I can send you the spirit of God. And you see the spirit of God, people can have access. Everybody in the world can have access to God's spirit at all times, at any place, at any moment, because he permeates the earth. We have access to the spirit of God now. He he knew that he needed to go because it wasn't just about the gospel staying in the room with those disciples. It was about the gospel going to the ends of the earth. And the only way that could happen is if he left and then sent his spirit. And I love what he says. He says, I'm not going to leave you as orphans. You know, Jesus loves his disciples. They were like his children. You know, imagine if you were leaving for good and you had to pick someone <laughs> to give your children to that would, that would raise them. You would be pretty picky. You would be pretty picky who you would leave your children with. You would, want to, you would want to put them in a family. You would want to give them to someone who would raise them with the same values that you have. You would want someone to raise them the same way you were going to raise them. Someone that has the same worldview as you do. And that is exactly who the Holy Spirit is. Listen, the Holy Spirit, he's not a vibe. He's not an energy. He is the replacement for the physical presence of Jesus While Jesus is with the Father, he connects us to Jesus. Jesus said, I'm not gonna leave you as an orphan. I'm gonna send another one just like me. And he is gonna teach you the things I would teach you. In fact, he's not even speaking on his own authority. He's speaking what I tell him to speak. The promise in the Old Testament was that God would be with us. He would be Emmanuel with us. And now the promise we realize is even better than that because the Holy Spirit is not only with us, but now he is dwelling in us. A first century Jew, this would have blown their mind. God's presence, no, no, God's presence is in the temple. That's where God's presence is. His presence is in the temple. And what you're saying, Jesus, is that no, the presence of God is no longer gonna be in some building, in some temple. The presence of God is now going to dwell within me. I will be a mini temple. Yeah, the Holy Spirit, Jesus said, I'm not gonna leave you alone. And I wanna tell you today, you are not alone. You're not alone if you're a follower of Jesus. The presence of Jesus, the Holy Spirit, the helper is alongside you today and you are not alone. He is the comforter. You know, there's nothing more comforting that when you're going through something that you have someone who is with you as you go through it. That's what the Holy Spirit is. He's our comforter. He's with us as we walk this earth. Now, I was talking to someone recently this week. They lost a family member. They lost someone that was super close to them. This is the closest person in their life they've ever had pass away. They're going through those moments of grief. And, you know, he told me there was a moment after this person died that he was just praying and that the weirdest and strangest warmth and peace just came over him. And he just felt, even though he was grieving, he felt, okay, what is that? It's not, what is that? That's who is that? That's not a vibe. That's not an energy. That is the Holy Spirit who is with us, alongside us as our comforter. So he's our comforter. Number two, he's our teacher. He's our teacher. John 14, 25 through 31, it says, these things I've spoken to you 
while I am still with you. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I've said to you. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it's to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. So he's our comforter. Here's another role that the paraclete is. He is a teacher. Jesus said that he is going to teach us. Let me ask you a question. What is the Holy Spirit teaching you right now? What are you learning from the Holy Spirit? Not what are you learning from someone else? Not what am I teaching you? But what is the Holy Spirit teaching you? The Holy Spirit in your life is to be the primary teacher. Listen, John, in another one of the books John wrote, he writes this, listen, 1 John 2, 27 says, but the anointing that you have received from him abides in you and you have no need that anyone should teach you. But as his anointing teaches you about everything that is true and is no lie, just as it is taught you abide in him. Do you catch what this scripture is saying? It is saying, it says, you are anointed. Say that, say, say that I am anointed. Say that with me. I am anointed. Say, I have an anointing. What is the anointing? It's the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in you. The Holy Spirit is to be the primary teacher, not the secondary teacher. You know, the problem we have in the church is that we get these two mixed up primary teachers and secondary teachers. To, to hear today, me, what I'm doing today is secondary. Your favorite preacher, your favorite podcast, your favorite service that you like to go to, that's all secondary. That is not primary. You know, a problem we have in the church is that people run around and they're all mixed up. They're, they're looking for, I need a word. I need a word from the Lord. I need a word from the Lord. So they hop from church to church, podcast to podcast, looking for a word. And all this time, the Lord is trying to tell you, no, 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 you are anointed. You don't have to go around looking for the next man of God or great woman of God's, their great anointing and getting fed from them. No, you have an anointing yourself. You have the teacher, the Holy Spirit dwelling within you and the Spirit of God wants to teach you. The Spirit of God does not want you dependent upon your next high by being in some room or some atmosphere that someone else created. That's great. That's wonderful. We need those moments and we need those times. But if you haven't le learned yourself to be taught from the Holy Spirit, if you haven't learned to feed yourself off of God's Word instead of always needing someone else spoon feeding you, you'll always be a weak and anemic Christian you have an anointing. And I'm telling you, the same person who inspired these scriptures, the Holy Spirit, the same one who inspired the scriptures will illuminate these scriptures to you. You're called to be a disciple. You know, the word Christian is only used three times in the New Testament. And really it's a designation that outsiders, people outside the church called people in the church Christians. But the people in the church, you know what they call themselves? Saints, brothers and sisters. But the number one term they call themselves more than 200 times is the word disciple. Disciple. Disciple means to be learner, a learner or a pupil 
We are called to be lifelong learners and we are to be taught from the Holy Spirit. You know, the problems we have in the church right now, it's, it's discipleship problems. We're weak and we're anemic because we've been living off the gifts and the talents of our most uh, talented communicators and our best singers. And we haven't learned to feed ourselves. I'm not looking for anyone to create the right environment for me to get something from God. I'm not waiting for the praise team or the worship team to sing that right song that really makes me feel good and makes me feel the spirit. I'm not waiting for that because I have the Holy Spirit alongside me. The one who wrote the scriptures is my teacher and, I'm, uh, and he is teaching me. He's bringing to remembrance the things that Jesus has said. And that's another thing we have to realize. I'm not getting new revelations. I'm getting insight into the revelation of who Jesus is and what he taught. The spirit is always pointing me towards Jesus. He is the teacher. Number three, the Holy Spirit is our advocate. John 15, 26, it says, but when the helper comes, whom I will send to you from the father, the spirit of truth, who proceeds from the father, he will bear witness about me and you will also bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. Okay, this word paraclete in the ancient world, a paraclete was often an advocate. It's someone who comes alongside a friend and uh, it comes alongside someone who's being accused and they bear a good testimony about that person being accused. A paraclete was a spokesperson or more precisely a lawyer who will plead on one's behalf. The spirit is our advocate. If you notice there, did you see what the job of the believer is? Jesus said that we bear witness. We testify of Jesus. Jesus told his disciples before he ascended to heaven, you will be my witnesses to the world. You will testify about me to the world. And the thing about the world is the world is hostile to the truth of Jesus. In fact, the world hated Jesus. They crucified Jesus. Why do we think it will be any different from us? When did we start believing that the church was called to be the most popular? We're supposed to be the most loved. We're supposed to be the most liked. Jesus was not the most loved. Jesus was not the most liked. John 15, 18, he says, if the world hates you, know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, then the world would love you as its own, but you're not of this world. I chose you out of this world. Therefore, the world hates you. So Jesus has given us a tall order. We're called to testify. We're called to bear witness about him to the world. But hey, guess what? The world hates you. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. Appreciate that calling. But here's the good news about it. We're not alone in this witness. In fact, it's the spirit that bears witness of Jesus. It's the spirit through the church. It's the spirit through the believers. It's the spirit through you. He shares the mission that we have, which is to testify about the truth of Jesus to the world. He empowers us to be his witnesses. And the task ahead is so large, there's no way we could do it in our strength. We need the spirit of God in us. And I want to tell you just real, what the, the spirit of God, he is to us. He's our teacher. He's our advocate. He's our helper. But what is the spirit's relationship to the rest of the world? 
What is, how does the spirit, what is his relationship to everyone else that's not a follower of Jesus? This is, his, this is what he is to the rest of the world. John 16, eight says, when he comes, this is what he's gonna do to the world. He'll convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. He will convict the world concerning sin, righteousness and judgment. Concerning sin, because they do not believe in me. Concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father and you will see me no longer. Concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. The Holy Spirit, his role in the world, to us, he's our guide and our helper, but to the world, he's the great convictor. He convicts the world of its sin, which this is the sin of the world. In John's gospel, he doesn't talk about vices and virtues. He's not like, hey, don't sleep around. Don't, don't uh, smoke cigarettes. Don't drink dr sex, drugs, rock and roll. That's not John's gospel. There is one sin pervading sin through John's gospel. It's real easy. It's unbelief. Unbelief. That is what keeps people from salvation. Jesus said that he is the truth. The opposite of truth is not dishonesty in John's gospel. The opposite of truth in John's gospel is the world. He uses the term world quite often. And the world can't receive Jesus because it doesn't truly believe in Jesus. You know, when we say Jesus is the truth, the way, the life, what are we saying? We're saying we believe that Jesus is the path to the good life, that human flourishing only happens through the vision that Jesus puts forth. We believe that God's prescribed way of living is only the life that Christ brings. And the world does not believe that, it has unbelief. He can fix the world of righteousness. He's here, the Holy Spirit is here to show the world the inadequacy, the emptiness, the deceit of their own righteousness. As Isaiah tells us, God's, our righteousness is like filthy rags compared to God's righteousness. The Holy Spirit exposes that what we have when we try to take good and evil on ourselves and define good and evil for ourselves, that it comes up empty and it fails and the Holy Spirit exposes that. And the Holy Spirit came to convict the world of judgment. Judgment. Jesus came to judge Satan. If you read the gospel of John, there are no devils that are cast out in the gospel of John. No devils are cast out. There's only one defining triumphant moment where Jesus casts out and casts judgment upon the ruler of this world. John 12, 31, it says, now is the judgment of this world now will the ruler of this world be cast out. When I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw all people to myself. You see, when Jesus was lifted up on that cross, he exposed the devil for who he really was, a liar and a murderer. And he judged and condemned Satan, the father of this world, the ruler of this world in that moment. So just as Jesus was the light that exposed darkness, now by the power of the Holy Spirit, we are called to be light that exposes the world. And here's the truth. No one likes to be exposed. <laughs> no one likes to be exposed. And our motive is not hatred. That, that you know, the, Jesus, he said, God loves the world, but he loves the world enough to expose the world and show it that it's truths the truths of the world, the truth that the lies of the world, that they are not enough for salvation and there's only life in Christ. He is 
our advocate that comes alongside us and helps us. And here's the last one. He's our guide. The Holy Spirit is our guide. John 16, 12, it says, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. Therefore, I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. What is available to followers of Jesus? It is a personal guide in the Holy Spirit. You know, you don't need an energy. You don't need a vibe. You need a guide. We don't need vibes. We need a guide. You know, when it comes to God, we want him to show us everything at once. How many times have you said in your life, I wish God would just show me what he has for my life. I wish God would just show me everything. Give me the full details. I wanna know all the details of what God's plan is for my life. And you know what Jesus tells his disciples? He says, there was some things I wanted to tell you, but you couldn't bear it yet. You couldn't handle it. It was too much. If you were to see every detail of God's plan, if he were to show you the journey in all its complexities, it would probably cause you to have a panic attack or an anxiety attack. You know, right now, my, my daughter, Priscilla, she's learning to read and she's doing great. But you know what we're reading right now? We're reading Cat in the Hat, you know? And Cat in the Hat is short, simple words. She read me Cat in the Hat this week. And that's great. And, but that's where we're at. That's where she is. She's at Cat in the Hat level. You know, how dumb would I be as a parent if I took Cat in the Hat out of her hands and I put in her hands Charles Dickens' A Tale of Two Cities for a, a seven-year-old? You know, she would be overwhelmed. She would be bewildered. What she would do is she would just give up and she would quit. Now, some of us think if God doesn't show us the whole picture, I'm just going to quit. No, the, actually the truth is opposite. If he showed you the whole picture, you probably would just give up and quit and be overwhelmed. But no, he is a good guide. The Holy Spirit is a guide and he is going to guide us into all truth. And, and the way this, the verb works here in the Greek, it's a knowledge that the Holy Spirit leads us. Is a, It's like a gradual unfolding. It's like someone who is guiding you down a path. You can't see miles up the road, but you can see what the next right step is. And you know, that's all you need today. You just need to know what is the next right step? What is the next thing I should be doing? That's all you need. And you know what? You don't have to guess. You don't have to wonder. You just have to have a relationship with the guide. That's more than a vibe. That's more than energy. This is how good our God is. The Holy Spirit, the paraclete, the helper. He wants to come alongside you today and he wants to comfort you. He wants to come alongside you today and he wants to teach you. He wants to come alongside you today and he wants to help you fulfill your mission about being a witness and bearing a testimony of Jesus, even in the face of a hostile world. And he wants to come alongside you and he wants to be your guide. He wants to guide you on this path. And I'll end with this scripture. It's one of my favorite promises. Isaiah 30, 21. 
It says, and your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. When you turn to the right or when you turn to the left. I want to just encourage someone today and say the Holy Spirit, he's with you today. He's with you to guide you. And the Holy Spirit loves you too much to let you make a wrong turn. The Holy Spirit loves you too much to let you do something that would harm yourself. No, the Holy Spirit is all, if you'll listen to him now, he's always there as a guide to comfort and show us the way he truly is the paraclete. He is more than a vibe. Can we pray today? Can we pray and ask the Lord to give us more of his spirit? We need it. This is gonna be a journey we're going on for the next several weeks. And I believe the Holy Spirit is gonna speak to you. He's gonna speak to me and we're gonna grow in the knowledge of him. Let me pray for you. Father, I pray for your people. I pray today, Lord, that those who are watching that they've neglected their relationship with you. I pray today that they would rekindle that fire, that they would realize who the one is standing beside them today and even in them. It's you, Holy Spirit. You're more than an energy. You're more than a vibe. You are a person that wants to be with us and guide us and lead us. I pray for more Holy Spirit. Give us more of your presence. Give us more of your power, more of your spirit, God. We need more. We ask that today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for watching today. Hey, if you'd like to receive prayer, send us an email. Let us know. We want to hear from you and we'll pray for you. I'll pray for you. Um, so do that. Let us know. We love you, church. You can join us here live 9 or 11 or 10 a.m. on virtual church as we dig in to this series, More Than Vibes. <laughs>